Hi guys, welcome to Chef Life. Today we're here with uh, Will Webster, the lovely Shipton Mill Inn in Halifax. Hi mate. Hey um, So yeah, just we've worked with Will for about four years now, three, four years. Yeah, about four. Yeah, yeah. Will does some really interesting stuff with his menu um, and I've got some, some questions I'm keen to know about in terms of how you deal with different client base here and stuff. So yeah, over to you mate, just introduce yourself and how you got here and things. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Will Webster, uh, head chef at Shipton Mill Inn. Uh, been here for about six, six years in June, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, some tricky times, obviously, with COVID. And <laughs> it's been, there's never a dull moment here at Shibden Mill. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a big pub. Yes. Yeah. busy. So that brings its own. And where were you before you came here? Um, I was at, oh, I've been at Hipping Hall in right. the Lake District yeah, uh, with Ollie Martin, which I learned a lot there. Yeah. So I probably learned most of my stuff there, awesome. other than books. Yeah. Uh, worked at Calgate Brasserie in my early days yeah. in Hippo Room. Yeah, yeah Hippo. Room. And then uh, I started my career at a little pub in um, Geisley. Oh, nice. Um, called Cooper's. So you know, not too many places you've kind of taken. No, no, I tend yeah. to stay everywhere. Yeah. At least two years, probably. Yeah. I'm not one for jumping about. No. I think you've done great stuff. But like, why? Why I find really interesting here is is because I've eaten here before and beautiful food and I really like your taste and menu. But then you service quite an older demographic as well with traditional pub, and then you've got a beautiful taste of menus, you know, Michelin quality, and then you've got like the pizzas that you in the summer, which are great, you know. Like I really like how you can kind of merge all those three together, and it works in quite a small kitchen as well. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah it's, it's it, well, I'd say it's, it's one of the bigger kitchens I've worked in, right, but yeah. still, it it could be bigger for what yeah. what we do here. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a nice kitchen though. No, no, no. You've got a good team as yeah, well. Yeah, like, yeah. good team. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I think you, you taste the menu for me. Like, It's one of the more progressive, I think, we deal with in terms of the chefs we work with. Like, yeah. I really like how you use the seasons and then use local produce mixed with sort of some Japanese influence and different bits and bobs and stuff. Yeah, yeah I really like, I do like Japanese flavours. Well, I like big flavours and I find that Japanese, most Japanese flavours are big flavours. Yeah, like, yeah. Hard hitting. Yeah. We don't like, we're not a delicate place. We're a pub at the end of the day. Yeah. And people want steak pie yeah and you, you big deep flavors yeah, so yeah we've yeah. kind of taken that onto the tasting menu yeah. and we still like to use deep punchy flavors but and do you find your regulars who are maybe having a pie and chips let's say for yeah. say, are they then moving into the tasting menu as well do you find uh, we find some are yeah yeah but, it's really interesting um we do we still have our pub classics and yeah. i think that's great yeah. dem demographically we were probably 60 and over when i started wow you, you were looking at like 50, 60s, and they were coming in and having sandwich at lunch and yeah. pies at night. But slowly, the demographics getting younger. We get a lot of people in the 20s, 30s coming for a tasting menu now, yeah. which is great. And then oh, obviously, with the outside, that brings in a lot younger demographic yeah. with the pizzas. And... Oh, so being setting wise, like you couldn't pay for better, really, to be honest. No, it's like... going to be the best this year as well that it's ever, ever has been. We've got yeah. a permanent structure going out there. Lovely. Um, with like brollies and glass sides. Yeah. And then obviously an actual kitchen this year. And do you find, I suppose it must be challenging and rewarding in equal measure doing, moving from the tasting menu to like you say, the pub classics and then the outdoor pizzeria. And because you're going to have to use a lot of different skill sets, yeah. like especially with menu planning and things. And it's yeah. quite interesting. It is, yeah. Well, I started in, in a pub. Yeah. So I've had most of my experience like in college and stuff was in a pub yeah so i learned all the pub techniques and making pies that are fully encased and yeah. short crust pastry and no lids yeah, yeah, i worked yeah. in a good pub that used fresh ingredients yeah. and i've sort of just i had that for five years or so 
Yeah. And then obviously I moved on to the finer stuff, going with Ollie Martin at yeah. Pippin Hall and learning what I could there. Yeah. And I sort so I sort of feel like I I did the right thing in learning the pub stuff first. Yeah. Well, yeah, for good here foundation anyway. type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good foundation to have and, you and know, learn we, the technique. Have you had to have you had to learn quite a bit with doing the pizzas because you do them like from scratch, right? So it's yeah. Yeah. So that was new to me. Yeah. About three years ago, luckily we had a good pizza chef in Alex. Yeah, who's yeah. Down at Cruston. Yeah. From Inverigaus. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot, lot off him. Yeah. Um, but then also took our sort of like yeah, techniques vibe. and yeah. vibes. Yeah. yeah. Just different flavors on pizzas that you wouldn't normally get. No, they're so. awesome. I mean, that's what I had last summer down here. It was yeah. wicked. Like, I think it's pizza's kind of one of those things that we deal with them, Salt Brewery and their pizzas through and through. And their pizzas are great, but they, again, they go with the right chefs. Yeah. But I think it's it's equally easy. I mean, you can fuck up real fast. Oh, you know? yeah, but yeah. but you know, for such a basic thing. Especially but, if you're busy. Yeah, but then equally, you know, it's probably the food of choice for what, 80% of the population, you know, yeah. most pizza, don't they? So, uh, no, I think that's... I really like how you're able to merge everything in like quite a classic pub setting. Yeah. And without, you know, it's, I, I think sometimes with the tasting menu options, the setting can put people off to oh, a degree, yeah. but I think it just, but it works. The dishes work here and yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. The restaurant's lovely as well. It's yeah. It's setting. It's not, it's not too, too it's com- you yeah, get it's me. It's more homely. homely and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially when the fire's going like it yeah, is now. It's, yeah. Well, Rianne said when she came in, it was like, oh, it reminds me of an old puppy slipping yeah. that type of thing with the fire. But, um, and then with the taste of many, what, what's sort of influencing you a bit? Because you do update it quite regularly, which I really like. You know, you, yeah. you add things and bring things back. And... Mainly the seasons, yeah. uh, but also mainly me just changing my mind all the time. Right, who's <laughs> um, I like, I can't keep one dish on. I like to keep a dish on, but if it's been on too long, I feel I need to change yeah, it. Yeah, level it up type thing. Yeah, I'm just... Always changes stuff. Oh, probably sorry. not. My chef's probably hate me for it, but there's always, always it's your, stuff. It's your band, brother. It's your yeah, band. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, man. I, I find that, and that's, I think you sort of inspire us quite a lot because you, you were one of the first guys we started working with to a serious level, like, um, and we're really grateful for that. But it drives us to then go and try and find things that I think will, will like this. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. you know, that's that the influence you have. On then everyone else around you, I think it's quite interesting because you're driving us to be better yeah. and find more unusual wacky gear. Um, and it's it's just trying to. I think that that approach is quite interesting, and it must be really interesting for your chefs to work with as well. Yeah, you must yeah. learn a lot. Yeah, we we kept the same team. Yeah, for five years, which I think speaks volumes. For well, I say the same team, but yeah, very yeah. much the yeah, core yeah, the team. Core. Yeah, and uh, they've been with me for five years, six years. It's so really interesting. It's hard to keep chefs, but you've just got to keep them. You've yeah, got to keep them learning. If they're not learning, then they start got stagnant. And then yeah. that's when they start and getting bored. So do you find they bored. come to you with ideas now? And yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. And Andy, he comes to me with ideas all the time. Yeah. Chris, he's, well, all of them, really. Yeah. Especially, uh, we got an apprentice last year. He's finishing out called Jordan. Yeah. And he just loves it. Yeah, <laughs> Which awesome. is great to see, because you don't see many young chefs at the moment no. coming through. No, no, no. This is cool. I think that, like trying to sort of foster ideas and thoughts and that's again similar what we try and do within the businesses you know like so moving forward all the time like and i think what i found interesting when i bought this business was it had stayed the same and granted it serviced cafes but it stayed the same for so long and i'm like this is an ever change you know you guys are creative so we have to be creative to match yeah. your creativity you know it's yeah. um i feel traditional food service ingredients don't mirror that well let's do definitely but 
yeah, it's hard to. Yeah, there's there's not many that do. Yeah, yeah. It's... And if they do, they're usually a year behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's hard to stay stay on that trip. And it, so obviously we've talked about Japanese, but are there other sort of cuisines that that heavily influence you in terms of what how you think for the taste of menu or anything or? Uh, no, I'd say I'm pretty much mainly Japanese, if I'm honest. Right. Uh, we've used a bit of Moroccan. Right. Obviously, just with the lamb, but yeah. more more like the spices yeah um mixing them with the english vegetables yeah rather than actually doing a moroccan dish yeah, it's yeah. more to bring out the lamb really but... i think that's that's quite interesting because some of the barriers we come up against with the japanese ingredients i feel some chefs feel um like myself and Ryan did a big sample on monday uh with a group um i think their initial impression was you're trying to teach me how to, uh, I'm, like, I'm not trying to teach you how to cook yeah. Japanese, this is around Japanese flavours and how it can influence your food and how you do it. I'm yeah. not a chef, you know, cock up a bowl of cereal. So, you know, it's it's very much getting over that barrier. And I suppose similar for you in terms of a customer trying it, must be quite interesting getting them to embrace new things. Yeah, well, yeah, well, some of the lads upstairs, when they try the Japanese ingredients, like the vinegars or the soy, yeah. they, they try to match that with, a Japanese dish, yeah, yeah. we could do a Japanese dish for that. Whereas yeah. I'm more like that blossom vinegar could really yeah. cut through a chicken skin sauce, <laughs> yeah. and that's how you use it in English food rather than I don't want Japanese, I don't want a bowl of ramen on my taste menu. Yeah, I like the punchiness, yeah, yeah, the flavors. flavors, yeah, complement of the and flavors. You can use them in British cooking, absolutely, with yeah. the influence. No, no, uh, that's so. that to me is like the most interesting way of. What I find the most interesting bit of this job is like how you guys will take a ponzu, yeah. and in my head I'm thinking, uses a base broth, but then you do, you'll do something fucking wicked with it, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. it's um, is I use your miso caramel with the umboshi sesame seeds as an example quite a lot when we sample. Yeah. Um, because I, I think sometimes to get overwhelmed with, not every chef's thinking like you think with, you know, they look at it as a coring is a in its, its fundamental state they're yeah. not looking at it as how we can use it in something else you know? yeah which is quite interesting yeah but so do you find when you go out to eat are you getting influences from other people or are you uh i was but i haven't eaten out for so long <laughs> really this in, is not happy in enough. anywhere decent to be <laughs> fair um but i'm so busy here but yeah i do i do get inspiration from eating out yeah um anyway i mean even tech inspiration from places like Zizi's when you're looking at the pizzas, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not great pizzas, but you can tech inspirations from yeah stuff that they do. I a... think that's interesting as well, isn't it? Because I think some of the larger chains, they've obviously got a development chef somewhere whose the original idea was probably great, yeah, yeah. and to your standard, yeah. but then it gets corporate dulled down yeah. and costs become a thing, and yeah. you know the quality gets diluted. It's more about uh, the like their procedures and stuff like true. It's like we spend what. 30 seconds of pizza cutting it up. Yeah. And then we're, when we're really busy, that's 30 seconds, 200 pizzas. That's, you know, uh, yeah, you do the times it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or you can buy every single table of pizza cutter. Yeah, yeah. Do it yeah. That stuff like that that I've taken on board. Yeah. You can take inspiration from any rest. It could be a cafe down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be anything. Oh, some of our cafes, like, you know, I mean, that's, that was our roots and some of them, um, our happy bees down the road, like, I love eating it. Like, the food's great. Do you know what I mean? It's just, family owned family yeah. cooked it's banging like you're doing what you want yeah you're doing yeah but which you know appeals every, to the every place serves a purpose yeah absolutely especially if it's still running so yeah you've got the people there to make money so yeah doing... yeah and it's it's quite interesting looking at that industry because i feel of 
a lot of those guys have closed down at some point. Yeah. It's, it's tough. But no, I mean, the guys who do it well stick it, I suppose, like anywhere, really. Yeah. It's, um, so what sort of the vision going forward then? What, have you got anything in mind that you're kind of thinking big, big uh, tickets? Or? As we, we ideally want to do as much as we can outside this summer. Yeah. So that we can drop the covers inside. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're full quite a lot anyway, so yeah, I don't. We can afford to drop the covers. Yeah. To get a better. Yeah. Like quality. Yeah. Of food down here. I mean, the quality is good at the minute, but. Yeah, I mean, um, one the warden in every year, pretty much, haven't they? Especially post COVID, you guys yeah, have just yeah. been killing. And the top fifty gastro clubs were a big one this year. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Really high in that. So. Awesome, mate. We just want to get. We just want to better ourselves. Yeah, we've got a big new polytunnel over the road as well. Oh, nice. um, so we've got three now. So Are you starting to grow quite yeah, a lot of your own gear? Yeah, so awesome. we did grow anyway, yeah. um, like full herbs and stuff like that, because it's, it's about four pound a bunnet for a decent yeah. like apple marigold, nice. and you can get like a massive bush. I mean, like to keep us going all summer. Brilliant. For like four quid. So. And that- See, that's really interesting, like, out of the podcasts we've done so far, like, that's definitely a theme coming through. Like, yeah. With uh, Shane at Woodall Spa the other week, and they've created a chef's garden. And I think, again, that sort of farm-to-fork thing, which was maybe as big five or six years ago, I think that's come back yeah. for the consumer as well as the chef, where, you know, again, to your point of levelling up, you know, like, you're learning new techniques there, and yeah. it's completely different. Game, yeah, isn't it, you know? it keeps all the chefs engaged as well, and something else to learn, which yeah. is great. Um, we'll, we'll have enough room up there now to do enough tomatoes to keep us going all for a tomato dish all summer. Awesome. Um, we're never gonna we're never gonna live off what's up no. there. The ground's not great either. The yeah. soil's not great either, but it serves a purpose. Yeah, it, and does, it does. And it's save us money it's and, interesting. Like yeah. I, I think Josh, it goes with all because they've got huge grounds. Like I think. I got the impression from him he's he's really engaged there because of the gardens. Yeah. So, like he can do some weird weird shit and do some crazy gear and see what happens. Um, but Jen, uh, my business partner, the husband's got a farm over in Beverly, and they're, they've got a lot of wild garlic on the ground. So we're thinking about doing foraging with you guys up there. And, yeah. You know, I think that that sustainable source where you know how it's grown and where yeah, yeah. matters to you guys and the end consumer at the Definitely, end of the day. Yeah. It's um. No, I think that's really cool, like pushing that and again with like local meat and things and what we've definitely found in these sort of trickier times with everything going up is the places which are doing well are cost conscious, but it's not everything. Like yeah. quality and provenance is tipping the cost to a yeah, degree. That's the main thing. Yeah. You know, and I think if you do good food, people will pay for it. Yeah. Inevitably. Yeah. It seems uh the higher end places are still doing well. Yeah. And the lower end places are still doing well. Yeah, exactly. That middle ground that seems to be struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Which is No. It's um it's it's something we're as we trade with like you guys in terms of top end and we've got a swathe in the middle ground and it's hard to see where they go it as recession bias because the cost's going up, whichever way you cut it. And yeah. you're kinda of like, well, you've got to change your menu your approach your menu in my opinion to be more like have a story behind the dish like you do with the tasting menu yeah. and stuff and like, i say using things you've grown locally and i think that's definitely the i think the people are coming out more for a treat now agreed rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. just going out for dinner i think that's um, yeah that's one reason that the middle ground people because yeah. everyone goes oh we'll have a treat we'll have a... yeah versus or, dropping yeah. like there my daughter wanted to go to nando's the other week and i was like that's 60 quid yeah yeah to it and you're like exactly we do like it's bananas like you know whereas i could come somewhere like here and get like say a pub classic 
much better quality. Like, I'll enjoy it more. And I just think those, like I say, that mid-tier, they don't really stand for anything anymore. They're not value. Yeah. They're not quality. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's going to be a tough, interesting it is, yeah. years. But, um, yeah, so um, in terms of sort of <laughs> taking the tasting menu and stuff forward, is a plan to keep on doing lots of different varieties of that? Or have you got certain dishes on there you want to really stick to at the moment and build on? Or? No, it'll be, it'll be changing, yeah, ever-changing with the seasons. <laughs> uh, awesome, yeah, it's like rhubarbs. We're, we're done with the indoor rhubarb now. Yeah. And there's a little two-week gap before the outdoor stuff gets good. Yeah. Or, so that we can use it. So that'll be coming off the menu. Yeah. I tend to stay away from the outdoor rhubarb anyway. Right, so okay. I think it's as good. Right. Um, you use Robertson Wakefield, don't you? For yeah, 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 yeah. indoor stuff. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah. so he's his sheds are empty now. Right, okay. And then there's going to be a gap before the outdoor. So yeah, we've just taken it off the menu and yeah. moved on to flowering current. Oh, nice. Which is uh, bush that you find in gardens and yeah. parks, and we just forage loads of that. So awesome, we're man. just going to move on to that. Tastes like Ribena. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think you tried your vinegar, mate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 banging, mate, banging. Yeah. Isn't that pickling and sort of turning it into vinegar? Is that something you guys really push quite hard? Because I feel that's becoming a bit of a trend at the minute. Yeah, yeah, we like we infuse a lot of vinegars. Nice. I wouldn't say that we make our vinegars from scratch, but we we infuse a lot of white wine vinegars with herbs and stuff like that. Lovely. All the flower, flower and currant. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, nice, brother. Nice. Oh, mate, love it, dude. Well, listen, love what you do, and like I said, we dealt with for ages on our website, MHF. So, man, yeah, we love working with you, and really appreciate your time today. So I know uh, you've got some filming with to do, some awesome dishes, and yeah, appreciate your time, bro. Cheers, man. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another Chef Life podcast. I've been your host, Alistair. If you'd like to learn more about our business, uh, you can visit us at www.cottagefoodsltd.com. Give us a follow and a like on Instagram, and we'll see you soon. Thanks.